Hey, what's up friends? It's Kenyon and welcome to Evolution Ave, home of real estate evolved and a limitless mindset. This is episode 18. Yes, episode 18. I have a very special guest. I have my guy, my brother, my fellow Morganite, Mike Benz, Associate General Counsel at Meta. Yes, the king of IP himself. So this is going to be a great episode. You're going to be inspired. You have to share it because this is going to really hit home. It's going to give you a lot of great information. And if you love this content, please like, subscribe, and share. But without further ado, let's get to the episode. going on friends and welcome to the episode this is episode 18 this is going to be a crazy 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 dope episode i got one of my guys here and i'm gonna he's, he's gonna come on board in a second but this is episode 18 with my man mike benz mike benz is associate general counsel at meta but more importantly he is my brother he is a new yorker he is a jamaican he is a morganite yes we went to morgan state together and you know we just continue to stay attached stay building all throughout these years and we linked up for this. This is probably going to be the first of many of projects that we're going to work on together. But, you know, without further ado, let me go bring in my man, Mike. Mike, what's good, brother? Welcome to the studio. Thank you for having me, brother. Thank you for having me. We adults now, right? 18. This is episode number 18. We grown. Yo, facts, facts. True story, man. Episode 18. We were 18 years old coming in. Like I said, I came in two years. I came in about a year and a half, sophomore year into Morgan. You, you was already there. But, um, you know, instantly clicked. We had a lot of mutual. You know, I don't know if people know this, but especially at HBCUs or probably at any college, when you're from up north and you go to college anywhere in the south, right? And Baltimore is kind of like that. It's a mid-Atlantic, I think they consider Baltimore. But right. you know, it's, it's, it's right, right above that Mason-Dixon line, right? You're almost getting to the south. But people from the tri-state area always tend to stick together and know each other, right? Because we just all 100%. from the same area. And me being from New Jersey – which is real funny. Everybody associates New Jersey with you're from New York. Like you can say, yeah, I'm from New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's New York, right? You're from New York, right? So that's a, that's how that go. And then you got Philly. So, and I think Delaware probably has the same fate that I have from being in New Jersey. If you say you're from Delaware, they say, oh, you're from Philadelphia, right? They all kind of. Yep, yep. Yeah. But man, brother, welcome to the show, man. I know it's been a couple of weeks in the making and you and I always. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you more, man. And, um, you know, A, our Bears didn't pull out for homecoming, but, you know, we're still bearing down, uh, you know, hopefully next year. But I think they're having a good season. So, you know, big shout out to Morgan State University. Help, help, help grow us to who we are today. You know what I'm saying? Morgan State Bears, stand up. So, um, bro, let's get into it, man. Let's get into it because I think this is an exciting episode for me, you know, to link with my guy. Um, like you said, man, we're not 18 no more. We're grown ups. We've, we've come a long way, right? And, uh, and where we are, I think our, 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 your story is going to be inspiring. And this is what, you know, this platform for me is all about. It's all about, you know, inspiring people, 
motivating people, empowering people. And you and I have a lot of the same missions of the people we want to, you know, bring up and, and, and expose to the greatness of this world and expose their greatness to the world. What's up, friends? It's Kenyon of the Wolfpack at eXp Realty. Listen, if you're an experienced agent looking to do three to five more deals per month by using modern strategies like social media and building your brand, or if you're looking to build a team, maybe you're looking to add an additional revenue stream by helping other agents be successful just because you love doing that, or you're simply trying to make more money doing the same thing you do day in and day out. We should talk. If you're a new agent ready to commit to learning how to become a rock star agent and executing day in and day out, mastering the art of being a dual career agent and earning an additional six figures every year and becoming the go-to real estate pro in your area, we should talk too. Oh, and by the way, collaborate with some of the highest earning agents around the globe, free coaching, dynamic masterminds, all with no coaching fees and no additional splits. Book a 30-minute meeting with me and let's discuss your options. The Wolfpack may or may not be for you, but at least you'll understand why over 140-plus agents join us every single month. And you'll understand why I'm one of the greatest motivators of all time. Talk soon. So, Mike, without further ado, you know, tell us, this is your show. Tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and name something that you're super thankful for. First and foremost, I'm thankful for being a part of this episode. I think the work that you're doing in the community, the work that you're doing for our community, like you, you are a representation of what Morganite should be. Not right. only building for yourself, delving into different avenues, but also taking that beyond, right? Taking the education and the experience and the life that we got and building on it and not just doing it by yourself, but sharing it and spreading the love for other people, man. So really humble to be here, really grateful thankful for that. I'm going to give you something else because I know that's not what you was asking for, but man, I have to say thank you for introduce, for bringing man, me on in episode that. 18. Appreciate that. I appreciate you more, bro. I told you that, but yeah, man, it's um, it's amazing, man. It's just, you know, uh, the, the way that we, you know, we can't stay away from each other, right? Ran to you at the airport right. a couple years right. back. Um, then we just, it, it's just, when you got two people just doing great things, it's just, automatic that the universe continues to bring us together and keep us connected, man. Cause, and it's an amazing thing. So I'm very thankful and very appreciative that, that you and I are still brothers and still keeping in touch, bro. So really appreciate that. Absolutely. So it's funny. We ran into each other. Yeah. Cause you know, you asked me the question, what do I do? So I'm an attorney. Um, I'm specifically, I'm the global head of patent portfolio strategy for meta, which is formerly Facebook. So everyone's like, wait, meta. Oh, wait, Facebook. Yep. And of course, I'm in charge of things like Instagram, WhatsApp, Messenger, Facebook. So, you know, the ideas, the inventions that go into your feed come to me and my team before they roll out to you. That's the best way I like to think of it. Yeah. 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 And I'm an IP attorney. So generally speaking, I don't just cover patents. I cover trademarks, copyrights, litigation, helping you acquire them, all of the good stuff. Um, So I like to, you know, we, we actually ran into each other when I was running for litigation. Right. And I think it might have been DC, and we would have just passed each other right in the airport right there at DCA. Was it was it one of those airports down there? It was one of those. I don't even know which one it was. I it been Jackson. What I when I, I don't know why, but I thought it might have been Hartsville Jackson. Maybe maybe not. Who knows? It could have been. Know. Man, we always in the airport. You know that, and especially right. pre pandemic. Now we're just getting back to it. Facts. So yeah, I mean that's really what I do in a nutshell. Um, I, I do that for Meta. So globally, anything, and I'm also like you, man, I, I, I can't sit still. So I'm always focused on nonprofit work. I'm the chair of several nonprofit organizations helping to give back to the community. Uh, Page Turners make great learners focused on reading, 
the Title I schools, making sure that they learn. Because if you don't learn to read, by the time you're in third grade, chances of incarceration skyrocket hundreds and hundreds of percent. And you don't want that, right? Particularly for our community. Also involved in the Georgia Wildlife Federation and the National, the NCPP, the National Council on Patent Practice, I'm making sure we bring more women and underrepresented minorities into uh, the community, into the legal profession. Also just launched another initiative, ADAPT, Advancing Diversity Across Patent Teams. So trying to make sure that we represent and, and do some big things in the legal profession so that more attorneys look like me and you. Word. Yeah. Love that, man. Love that mission. And, you know, one of my missions, and that's something we share, I want more real estate professionals, more entrepreneurs to look like us, to come from where we come from, to know that, you know, the world needs their dreams. And that's a, a big thing for us, man. Mike, you are in ATL, the great state of ATL. As you see, I am draped in Atlanta because- Appreciate you repping. It is. Appreciate you repping. You know what I'm saying? It is Victory Monday, A-Town, stay down. Um, big win for us. Your Giants had a big win last night, yes. yesterday, so yes, they're doing yes, well. Yes. Look, I always tell people, whether you're a New York sports fan or not, it's the, the world of sports is always better when New York is good. That's just that's just plain facts. Nothing, no ifs, ands, buts about it. What else are you thankful for, man? I, I mean, I know you, you, you said, um, you know, uh, being on the show, but what's something that deep, that's deeply rooted in you that you're super thankful for? Ah, so many things, so many things. Obviously, I'm extremely thankful uh, for my, my wife, my kids, yeah. uh, for my position in life, really enjoy the opportunities I've been given. But I think the one thing that really stands out that resonates with me is I'm thankful for all the people that poured into me over the years. I wouldn't be where I am today if somebody didn't say, oh, uh, I think he's got potential. He's got opportunity. And right. people would reach out and reach up to me and help me kind of give me a hand up. And so... I'm so grateful for that. I wouldn't be where I am without it. And that's what drives me. That's one, you know, reoccurring theme. I've got to give back now, right? It's my opportunity to pass it on. And so that's what I'm really thankful for. Man, that's so dope, man. Because I just said, um, I think it was two weeks ago, I put it on LinkedIn. I said, you know, I will make a billion dollars by pouring into people, right? And then, you know, as a speaker, one of the things I always tell people, like people say, what do you do? And I always say, I love my family and I pour into people. And you just said that, man. And this is this is that brother from another connection, man. This is just how it works, man. You know, people listen, the universe will bring you to the right people. You don't have to chase people. You don't have to try to impress people that don't mean anything. That's not going to you know, be beneficial or value to your life. The universe brings the right people. And when you see those people like me and Mike and a lot of the cast that we went to Morgan with and just the people we're building relationships today and the people we're pouring into, you know, everything just works out, man. Everything works I out. I so, realize we've got both sides of the coin, right? We got real property in yourself. So right. Real estate is what you do. That's your That's, bag. That's how you make sure that people not only you pour into the community, helping them to create generational wealth Absolutely. i do that i also deal in property just another type so i right. deal in intellectual property property of the mind making sure that people secure their innovation particularly in our community man um you see it all the time on social a lot of influencers we don't get to secure our intellectual property and so that's what i'm out here doing same thing pouring into people man i love that mission so i wanted to say like thank you you keep doing that real property. I keep doing that intellectual property. And together, we all bring it together. Yes, man. Because I need you, bro. I already talked. Look, I've been texting you for the past two weeks. Like, bro. Because, you know, I just be having these ideas. And I said, Mike, we're going to do some things together, man. I got some ideas, man. And, you know, you bring in my my real my real ideas and, and your real IP, you know, savoir faire. Listen, 
we're going to do some things, man. People, look, let's just stay tuned, folks. It's going to be some things. I might not even want my name on them because I, I just want to stay low key. I, I always tell people I don't, I, I, I want to be, you know, I want to do things and create, but I don't really want to be famous. But, you know, you might not know who did it, but, you know, we'll know who did it, right? So that's going to be real dope right there. Tell us more about the journey, man. Tell us more about the journey. Starting, starting with, I always love to ask this question. Um, in telling us about the journey, end the journey with, what did you want to be when you grew up? Because you're an attorney, right? And you and I both know at Morgan, that's not what you, that, that's not what you set out to be, right? So tell us more about your journey and what did you want to be when you grew up and kind of let's get to where we are now. Yo, we got to go all the way back. Like this is where you get the blurry screen effects. We got to go all the way back to Jamaica, <laughs> West Indies, baby. Boop, boop, boop. There you go. Born in, Mon born in Montego Bay, Jamaica. Right. Grew up there till the age of nine years old and then all the way up to New York. So I moved to New York in nine, when I was nine years old. And at that point, you know, I'm in the big, the mean streets. I grew up in Yonkers. Y.O., Rep. Y.O., Mary J., rest in peace to X, uh, L.O.X., all that stuff. This is what I grew up around, right? These are my people. These are the streets. And I had to learn to kind of adapt to a different culture, one that was not the same island that I lived on, right, which was just nothing but beaches. But there was more opportunity if you knew where to look. And for a long time, I didn't know where to look. And so, you know, I'm a Caribbean kid. So a lot like many, many Caribbeans, many Africans, you're going to be a doctor. That was it. Right. I had all the choices in the world so long it was a doctor. Is that a big Caribbean thing? Like, is that, is that, is that oh, when we yeah. were at Morgan, yeah, that was your, that's what you, you went to medical school. And I know you'll get into that. But is that, a, I didn't know that was a Caribbean thing. It, it's very much so. I mean, you hear it though, right? Like so many Caribbean parents, yeah. You're going to be a doctor or you're going to be an engineer. You might have like those two real choices. Okay. I'm really just starting to hear people say, okay, you could be a lawyer, but I still think there's a misconception of what that is, right? And gotcha. that was a big part of what happened in our community, right? We, we know criminal lawyers. Right. That's really kind of that's, the, that's the, the extent of it, right? <laughs> you don't want no parts of a criminal lawyer. So it was really like doctor or engineer. And I said, okay, I'm going to be a doctor. So from a very young age, that's where it was. Right, because what it makes me think about, and you're you're at Meta. Um, I had a question about that too, but you're at Meta, yeah. and um, you probably see this. So when I was working in the tech world at Microsoft and IBM, I used to work with a lot of people from India, and we would go on rides on our way to see clients and stuff like that. And they would ask me about our culture, American culture, African American culture, Black culture, and I would say, "Well, you know what, um, Srinu, let me ask you about your culture because I don't know much. Educate me." And I was like, why is it that in some some people in your culture are heavy in tech, but others are heavy in entrepreneurship, like gas stations, Dunkin' Donuts, 7-Elevens, you know, all that stuff. And he broke it down to me. He said in the north and I might be getting it mixed up. The north part of the country is highly all entrepreneurship. Right. You don't work. You only own. You, that's the rule. You, you grow up to own something and, and, and that's it. Then in the southern region. And like I said, it could be flip flop. It's all tech, right? So that's what it, that's. I feel like I'm learning that about the Caribbean, right? Because I do meet, I always hear people say, you know, um, the Caribbean has some of the best uh, doctors, right? You always hear that. You've always heard that. But I, you know, now you know you kind of bring that to light for me. So that's that's pretty cool. Well, well, think about it this way. So we hear it often in our community. What do you want to grow up when you're in America? When you're black, a minority, you want to be an entertainer or an athlete? Because that's what you see. That's where right. success is, right? Turn on the television, you're going to see an entertainer or an athlete. 
they're flossing, they're stunting, they're on the gram, they're doing whatever they want to do. And you're like, I want to get to that. Well, in the Caribbean for a long time, we didn't have any of this. We don't have sports teams. You know, we have soccer teams. So certainly you could be a soccer player. You want to be a football player. Um, not American football, but, you know, Caribbean football right. or global football. Yeah. <laughs> but then you also have the other piece of it, too, which is the our, our track and field team, right? Shout out to Usain Bolt, the whole, you know, the entire Jamaican track team. Planet. You know it. Women, yeah. men, they run. But Olympics are only four years. So it's not something that you're seeing all the time either. So what you think of success, it's going to often be you be a doctor. If you be a doctor, you be successful, you make a lot of money. Now, entrepreneurship happens, but it's a tourism business, right? We're a tourism country. People come to Jamaica and feel all right. And you do that because of the tourists. Taxi drivers and, you know, that's the way it was. So I think that has a lot to do with it. They want you to be successful. And my parents did too. And that was kind of what drove me to, to, to be a doctor. But we already said it. We gave the ending away, right? I'm not a doctor. So right. clearly something, something switched up. Right, 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 right. So tell us about, oh, and this, and this is a good segue too, because here's a bonus that I, I don't know if I prepped you on this one, right? Um, we all have a Morgan story, right? Okay. And I'll share mine, but I want you to share yours first, right? So what's your Morgan story? Like, how'd you end up at Morgan? Um, how'd you go from a doctor to a lawyer? T talk to us more about that. So, you know, like I told you I was born in Jamaica. I didn't realize it until I was a teenager, but I was actually an illegal immigrant. I'm what you call a dreamer. So all that art, all that you hear about dreamers, I'm that definition. The dreamer in short is someone who is brought over by their parents, whether it be through, you know, crossing the border illegally or in my case, brought over on a visitor's visa. But in the visitor's visa, you overstay. So if you know what overstay is, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm coming to visit for two weeks. Two years later, I'm still in the building. I overstayed my visa. If I ever left the country, they would never let me back in because I violated. So we didn't leave. We're trying to live under the radar. Well, what does that mean? You work off the books. You don't have a social security number. And I didn't realize that until I was getting ready to apply to college. So even though I had pretty good grades because I, I worked hard in high school, right. not the hardest, but I definitely put my head down and made sure I did what I needed to do. I was applying for a whole bunch of things, put my social, put, try to put a social security number. I don't have one. So I couldn't actually get into college and people don't realize that. Right. So here I was a guy. Now, when you look back in retrospect, Oh, Mike is really smart. He did all these. I could have not had any opportunities. And it wasn't for a guidance counselor who was like, you know what? You're too smart. Your, your SAT scores are too high. Your GPA is too high. Why are you not applying to school? In my head, I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm going to go to community college, which doesn't require a social security number. And I'm going to work off the books, keep paying for my mom and my little sister to live so we are right. And I'm going to just keep it moving that way. Maybe I'll translate that little two-year to a four-year. Maybe I'll get my paperwork right. I had applied with lawyers to get my paperwork, but I'm not even going to bore you with the, the legal system on immigration. But man... You all the way down there. They're not worried about getting you converted right. to come over here legally. So it was happenstance. Morgan State was the school that said, you know what? This kid is too smart to, to miss out on an education. And by the way, Morgan has tons of programs like that. Morgan right. lets people who have been in juvenile detention, people who have been through programs that would never get admitted to the schools that they think they want to go to, Morgan will give you that academic education. And they gave me a full scholarship. 
And then from then on, I was like, wait a minute, this is like a blessing. I had applied to other schools through my guidance counselor. You know, there was a couple of schools here in Atlanta and across the country who were like, we'll do the same thing. But Morgan came back quick, came right. back with the letter. It was all embossed with the, yeah. gold, the blue and the orange. And I was like, oh, man, I'm getting into a four-year school, full ride. And I wasn't going to squander that. That was my moment. So that wow. took me to Morgan, man, to study, to study biochemistry. And that's what I did. Wow. <clears throat> you know, shout out to O'Connell Hall, because when I transferred. Oh, yeah. yeah. OC. The OC. I stayed in OC. The first cats I met were actually a group of four or five New Yorkers, and they all were from a juvenile program. And those cats talk about. First of all, you were ne- I didn't know it, right, until, like, you know, hanging with them for months, right? And they're like, I knew they're from New York, right? But, you know, they just had the typical New York swag, right? So I just I just knew, like, yo, y'all cats from Harlem. I mean, I think two of them from Harlem, one from Brooklyn. They were small over the city. And um, it wasn't until later they were – I was like, yeah, we were talking about high school. And I was like, yeah, I went to Trent High, but, you know, I'm, a so- I'm really a sophomore. And they were like, oh, yeah, you know, we came from – you know, we were locked up, basically. I was like, pardon? They were like, yeah, yeah, we came through a program. We were locked up. These cats had 4.0 GPAs for, at, at, in our first semester. They were freshmen, technically, right? And, I, and um, you know, it was, it was crazy. But Morgan, literally, I will say, just like you just said, it, it gave people opportunities. So similar to my story, I started off at UNC Greensboro in Greensboro, North Carolina, right? Um, you know, went to the UNC school, you know, very proud about it. And I think most people know, but, you know, I flunked out my freshman year. Flunked out, right? I had a 1.7 GPA, right? So I was on academic probation. Then the second semester, it was like, yo, you got to go. You got to go sit home for a while, right? Right. So when I went home, I went home to back to New Jersey, back to Trent, New Jersey, went back to my old job working at Circuit City. And the one thing that, like, kept me going, right, that didn't discourage me was people was like, yo, all right, you back, but you better not stay here, Right. So I only stayed home for one semester, one semester. So I stayed home for what, three months, enrolled at Morgan. That was so because I got basically kicked out of school the, the after my freshman year. So spent all yeah. summer home and spent the first semester of what would have been my sophomore year at home. Enrolled at Morgan um, January of 1999. And crazy thing is, I tried to go back to my old school and they were just kind of like, you could come, but no money, right? And I applied to a bunch of schools in New Jersey. The one school that accepted me was Morgan State University, right? Morgan State sent me, a, 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 you know, the letter. And here was the catch. They only took three credits from that terrible first year I had. So I was basically oh, starting, man. starting over. So a year and a half, I lost pretty much a year and a half of school. And technically, I still graduated. Um, I graduated uh, a year late, right? So, it took, so technically... From 97 to 2002. So I graduated in five years still, even though I lost a year and a half. So technically, when you really look at it, I kind of graduated in three and a half years of real school because Morgan also let me. I went to summer school every summer, but I also got exceptions. I don't know if you remember you could do this. I got exceptions. I took 21 credits every semester instead of the max of 18. I took an extra wow. Um, I took an extra three credits every single semester because I was so behind. And quite frankly, I couldn't afford to be in school for that much longer because you know your student loans actually run out after what five years i think right and that scared me because i said well look if that window closes i'm cooked so i had to do it so still graduated in in technically five years which was was worked out but that was my morgan story and then 
I want to get into because all this is super inspiring, man. Like just your story. But here's a question I always ask my fellow Morgan folks, right? And um, you know, we're in October, but do you remember where you were September 11, 2001? Oh, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. So I was actually, I was in Cumming. I was in Cumming Dormitory at Morgan. Uh, I was in the Cumming Dormitory at Morgan. And it was an off day. So normally I have classes at 8 a.m., Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But I didn't. I get a phone call from my then girlfriend, now wife, who also graduated from Morgan State University, who was leaving. Yes, 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 yes. Love you. That's my baby. We named our daughter Morgan. That's how much we love Morgan. We uh, met at Morgan freshman year, first class honors bio one eleven. Or it was it was a beautiful thing. She was actually uh, leaving the Pentagon. She had an appointment, so she was in the army. She is now retired from the army. She was leaving a VA appointment at the Pentagon in D.C. And behind her, she saw the second impact. Wow. That's crazy. Crazy. So she hits me. She's like, do you know what's going on? I was asleep because it was my off day. I didn't have to wake up early. I pop up, turn on the TV. I'm seeing that the first the first plane had hit. And I'm watching all this recap. And I'm losing my mind because, you know, I'm from New York. So I know right. a lot of people who work down there, work in that building. She's telling me that she's actually seeing all the smoke coming from the Pentagon behind her. And it was just chaos, man. I remember I will never forget that day. Uh, honestly, never forget 9-11, man. That was a thing. You know, all the people, her and others who served, appreciate them fighting for our, you know, our independence. But, man, I'll never forget that day. Yeah, never forget, man. i never forget. I was on a bench because I was poli sci. I was always usually at homes. Most of my classes were at Holmes Hall. I was sitting on a bench right outside of Holmes, and I remember I had a Nextel phone. Remember Nextel phones the, with the chirp? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My joint went off, and I'm like, yo. So somebody was like, yo, you from you from up top. You know a plane just was flying too low and hit one of the towers? And I was like, what? That's crazy. Like, if it was coming from Newark, yeah, it was coming from JFK, it was coming from LaGuardia, how, how'd that happen? That's crazy. And that, what, it never took off? It never got up? And then, of course, the first thing I do is I run into Holmes Hall, and the TVs are on, and I'm looking, and it's all in the news. So I'm calling one of my, one of my closest friends. My man Count lived in New York, worked in um, – building seven i was trying to call him but if you know if you're from new york you're trying to call people nobody's phone was working for like all day right. pretty, it was all busy signals right and then i called my mom and she was like yeah yeah plane just was flying low and it hit and you know obviously unfortunately we all watching tv and everybody like, i can't believe this plane then the other one comes this type like, plane yep crazy and then you just scramble at that point you just on the phone trying to call everybody i had sprint nextel sprint whatever it was it was nextel and it was just like everybody's phone was busy it was a it was a crazy day man but yeah i always ask people that because you know especially us that were there at, at morgan most of the time i feel like oh, yeah. somewhere on the yard at that time when it happened so that was that was um that was a, a moment of history for real let's let's get into what you're doing today man because i really want people to 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 see man the the, the amazing person and man you've become the, the steps you took and just dreams come to life, man. Because a lot of people, especially people we're trying to reach, need to understand that dreams come true, right? If you believe in them and if, if you go for them. Um, the road isn't always straight. But um, let's talk about what you're doing today, uh, what brought you to that, and um, you know, tell us a little bit more about being Associate General Counsel at Meta. Man, what a, I mean, 
Bro, I'm so proud of you, man. This is crazy, man. <laughs> Talk to us more about that, bro. Appreciate you, bro. Well, I mean, uh, going back to my story, right? I, I didn't. I had to pivot. I got out of Morgan. Was fortunate. Graduated with honors. Took the MCAT. Got into medical school. Oh, here we go. Here we go. We about to. Yeah. We about to make it do. Nope. <laughs> Still didn't have my paperwork come through. Still didn't have my social security number. So I couldn't get in. Couldn't get any scholarships. Couldn't go to medical school. Even though I'd done all the steps it took to get in. My 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 MCATs weren't high enough, so I couldn't get a scholarship. So, so even though you I were was, at Morgan undergrad, because your paperwork wasn't right, you couldn't go to grad school. You couldn't get into medical. Nope. School. Wow. Nope. Okay. Wow. I didn't know that. I could not. Yeah, that's what happened. So when I was going to go to medical, did you have a green card? Or like how were you? Or you were just totally just here? You just Mor you, Morgan took me in as a Caribbean student. I was classified as a Caribbean okay. student. He was just outside. So all. I was just outside. That's it. That's it. <laughs> so they were like, come on, you're a Caribbean student. So say less. All right, let's go. And fortunate thanks to Morgan, man. I mean, I was a, I was a desk attendant, started working as a desk attendant first, and then I became a resident, resident assistant. Well, you know, at Morgan, you would get room and board comps. But because I was on a scholarship, they would write me a check and give me that money back. I would just send that money home. Oh, so man. that money would go home to my mom and my little sister help pay for my sister to get through school, keep a couple dollars in my pocket in case I wasn't going to eat at the refact, wanted to kind of slide to Chick-fil-A real quick in the student union. So, I mean, I had a couple dollars in my pocket. Yeah. Right. And you know us, right? There's always a hustle. So I started flipping flipping kicks. Okay. So took a couple thousand dollars, started buying some J's. That's when Early. I started renting. You was, you, was, you was doing that before the game even was – Did it, Oh, yes. Did it, before did it, eBay, did baby. Did like for, that's a, but that's that's the Jamaican in you, man. That's the Caribbean in you, man. <laughs> Always been an entrepreneur, man. Always right. been an entrepreneur. So, you know, I was I was taking care of people at Foot Locker and other places. Look, let me get five pairs on a discount. I'll give you your pair for free. And I would stash them and then sell them later. So, you know, we stay dripped out. I remember you stay dripped out on the yard. The same same thing. But that's, that's because I was flipping the money. Tri-State yeah. always had to represent, though. You know what I mean? Every, everywhere we were, we had to let them know, like, bring our bring our style and our swag, everything about us, that whole aura of being from, from up north. We had to bring that down. <laughs> so, you know, here I was, and, you know, the medical school I wanted to go to, New York Medical College, was like, yeah, absolutely. You can come in. You can matriculate in August, and this is June. You can matriculate in August as long as you bring $49,000 to write a check. If I could write a check for 49 stacks in three months, I'm not going to medical school because clearly I'm doing something well. Yeah. So here I was, man. This is actually a true low point, right? It's a true low point for me because I, I had done all the right things. Right. I'd done all the right things. I'd stayed out of trouble. And trust me, it's not like trouble didn't come looking for me. It's not like I didn't think about getting into trouble because I totally did. I, that's a whole nother story, but I didn't. And here I was, and I didn't really have an option. So what I did is I started a company, started a tutoring company. Um, Used my mom's social security number because she had gotten hers through her dad. Started a tutoring company and started tutoring for two years. So I taught. Um, taught for two years. Started teaching a number of different things. High school math and science at a Christian academy in Yonkers. And then a buddy of mine was like, man, you could teach anything. Teach me to take the LSAT. I'm like, bro, I don't, I don't know how to take the LSAT. That's law. That's like outside of my game. And... I was like, all right, whatever. So I got some books off of eBay. eBay was just starting to come up. I had known because I was starting to flip some kicks on eBay. 
got some oh M, uh, LSAT books. Most of the answers in them joints were wrong. That's a whole other story. But we started from the bottom, went through it all. And he was like, before the test would say, he said, you know what? You're really good at this. You're better at this than I am. Shout out to my friend. He's actually a general counsel now at, at, a, at a big blockchain company. But we studied together. I got into, I got scholarships to go to law school because I took the LSAT because I helped him study. And by That's mind you, during these two years, I was seeing a lot of movers and shakers, people in New York that were not just in the law, but they were doing like deals and hedge funds and accounting and all kinds of things that you're like, wait a minute, lawyers are involved in that? And they're like, yes, lawyers involved in everything. Is a lawyer for everything. And so that's how I pivoted, man, and ended up going to law school, went to Fordham in New York City, um, and was rubbing elbows with people from Harvard and Stanford and other big institutions, man, because I had made it, right? And at that point, I never looked back and worked at several law firms for a few years doing intellectual property. We talked about that, really helping my clients in a number of things, acquire a lot of innovation, defending litigation all of the above. And then one of my clients, Meta, um, I was doing litigations for them. They were like, yo, we want you to, to come in house. We'd like you to join us, be a part of the squad. And I, I really had to think about it. This is during the pandemic. And I was sitting there with my wife and I said, you know what? I really like the team. I like what they're doing. I like the mission. You know, you don't get these opportunities often to go in and work for a company like Meta. And I can really make some big change because right. the name is powerful. And so she said, I've never seen you more passionate, happier. Go ahead. Let's do it. So here we are. Wow. Real dope, man. Did you know Doug Clemens went to Morgan? I think he went to Fordham, law student. You knew Doug? Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. Doug. yeah Doug was like, um, like a people. roommate of mine. Like, you know, we live. So when I first got to Morgan, I went lived in OC. And then the next year I lived right on Cold Spring, right across the street from the yard. And those you know, you always talk about that, your first apartment. Boy, well, that was one of those first apartments living over there. And Doug was like a pseudo roommate of ours. <laughs> All right, that's another, that's another story. But um, you're right, you're right. Name, that's what I had a question about earlier. So Meta, formerly known as Facebook. But when we still log on the app, we still see the word Facebook. What, what, is, how, what is that dynamic now, just out, just out of curiosity? That's a great question. So when you log on to Facebook, you still see the Facebook app. Remember, Mark Zuckerberg who founded Facebook in, in college, which is where he dropped out of college in order to pursue it full time, created the app Facebook, which we all know uh, and love today. Now, of course, maybe the demographic has slid upwards a little bit, but Facebook has grown significantly from that college dorm room, right? right. So in addition to becoming a publicly traded company, it has made some strategic acquisitions and developments such as uh, Instagram, so we own Instagram. We purchased Instagram many years ago, grew it into what you see today. We also have WhatsApp, which is the number one global communication platform, uh, secure, allowing you to me to speak to my family in, in Jamaica and beyond. And then, of course, we've got other things, too. So we purchased a company by the name of Oculus many years ago. Now, Oculus is big, number one brand for virtual reality headsets. So we've taken that and we've spun that out into a whole new division called Reality Labs. Reality Labs is where we're developing augmented reality and virtual and we a number of different products. So in addition to our cool headset that you can get on the market uh, today, you know, we launched glasses in partnership with Ray-Ban. It's got the cameras oh, on it. You got microphones in the headset. I mean, it's just a beautiful thing. It allows you to kind of 
record your kid's game without having to hold a phone in front of your face the whole time. Or if you're moving and shaking, be able to listen to audio while I'm running, capture pictures, respond to text messages, listen to Spotify. All that stuff is a beautiful thing while I'm on the move. And so the product division, plus everything we're allowing to do, communicate now, right, through Instagram and Facebook. What we're saying is, what would it look like communicating in the future? And that's the whole concept of the metaverse. And so Mark is like, let's build it. Let's build this all-encompassing internet where you can jump in using these same glasses. If you're just running down the street and you're like, you throw these on, and behind this, all you're seeing is a beautiful beach scenery. And you get to hear the beach roaring in the back of your head. And on the same time, I've got you on the other side of the screen, and I'm able to communicate with you just in a normal pair of glasses. That's the vision we're building. Wow. Being able to web three, right? Like the, the next iteration of communication. So we try to think of like web one is like basic AOL chat. Web two, sharing of, of, of media. So now you can go see somebody's story. We got whole videos. We've sharing family pictures. That's kind of web two, right? We're sharing media back and forth. Web three is that presence beaming you right beside me, your virtual avatar, my virtual avatar, having a chat, same way we're doing now in a way that feels like as if you're here and being able to do that across the world. It's like, yo, you want to meet up for coffee in Paris at 12? Let's go. Visor on, coffee at 12, right? Sitting underneath the Eiffel Tower. And that's kind of what we envision as Web3. And the changing of the name was to say, we building it. We want you to build it with us. Because it's around two things. It's around you and it's around doing it so that everybody can partake in it. Man, that's crazy, man. Yeah, so are those, those glasses available now? Oh, yeah. Today? Ray-Ban Stories. Go to oh. Ray-Ban.com right. and check right. them out. They, 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 Ray-Ban Stories. Yeah, we'll talk. I've got, I've, I got them in blue, black. I've got, we've got the transition lenses so you can rock them inside and outside. So it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Ray-Ban Stories. Wow. Wow, I'm, I'm gonna jump on that. Yeah, if y'all ever need somebody to test out stuff, man, you know, focus group, call me, man. You know, <laughs> I love this. Here's something I really love about this, the, this, the context of what you're saying and, and the story you're telling right now. And this will help us. You, you did a lot of shifts and pivots post Morgan, and you know, part of that has created what your mission is, right? And I love the fact that this is showing people that look. The world and the possibilities are endless. The things you're talking about, you can be a part of. Like these are things that people that grew up like me, people that grew up like you, we don't dream about having these types of discussions and having this type of impact. And this type of impact you're having, discussions you're in, right? We don't, we don't really dream about working at Meta, right? We don't dream about owning our own businesses, being real estate brokers. None of, we don't dream about that stuff enough, right? Because we are so kind of blocked, right? Or one or one-sided. But now you have yourself. And, you know, you're a role model, right? You're, you are a, a vision of, of the future and for people to see it. So, you know, with that, man, you know, talk to us a little bit more about the mission, man. What's the Mike Ben's mission? It's pretty straightforward, man. I'm trying to give little, you know, boys and girls and theys and thems and underrepresented minorities across the globe to be able to say, you know what, I'm not limited to what I see and exposing them to more and getting them an opportunity to realize I can be Kenya when I grow up. I can be Mike Benz. I can run an entire team at Meta 
Matter of fact, I can run Meta. I can own Meta. I can make my own startup. I can be an entrepreneur. I can be a lawyer. I can be a hedge fund manager. I can be a real estate broker. I can own my own real estate company. All of those things are out there, and I never knew about them. I really had no clue, no concept. Same we talked about before. You've got people who are, we see sports and entertainment, and then you may hear from your parents, you could be an engineer or a doctor. But I mean, until Obama, we didn't think we could be president. This is true. You've got to see it and visualize it to achieve it. I would not be able to tell you that at the age of 40, I would own several, several companies, several pieces of real estate, work at Meta, have my own intellectual property. I'm an inventor. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a philanthropist. And, oh, by the way, in my day job, I happen to run all of the, the patent innovation going into your, your feed every day. Wow. I would Man. never fathom that, right? But I'm nobody special. And that's what we're trying to get these little kids to do. I'm just trying to bring more women and underrepresented minorities into the legal profession and then broadly into the professional realm. And I'm trying to do that under my brand, Game of Law. So that's the goal, G-O-L, game of, the Game of Law. Oh, man, love it, love it. Y'all see it, Game of Law, check it out. Make sure y'all support it. Another thing, too, is it's just like you said, they need, our, our youth need to dream bigger. Little minority kids need to dream bigger. And look, even if you're not cut out to be an entrepreneur, because entrepreneurship isn't built for everybody, but you are an example of companies like Meta, one of the largest global companies in the universe, no talent and they will come get talent when they see it right so it's crazy another um good friend of mine i grew up with in in jersey um was a state trooper and he was the governor's secret service right yeah one day uh mark zuckerberg and the governor are meeting and guess what he becomes you know a couple months down the road mark zuckerberg's uh uh you know a private security detail because they, they said see? They reached out to him. Hey, my man, um, you know, we're really impressed with, you know, the way you, the way you move is strong. Would you come over? Would you think about moving to California? Now, that has catapulted him. He moved to California, um, was part of Mark Zuckerberg's um, executive security detail. And now he um, and he's somebody to create. Like, I was like, wow, bro, that's a blessing. He's like, oh, yeah, man, if I lose my iPhone, we got vending machines. We just go, you know, scan our card. At the uh, Facebook headquarters, at the time, Facebook headquarters, and boom, another iPhone comes out the vending machine. No big <laughs> Not lying. No, you're like, no big deal. He's like, oh, yeah. If He said, yeah, if we like a local restaurant, we'll buy it and put them in our food court on campus. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, this is stuff that a young kid, just a kid from Trenton, just a kid from the Bronx, just a kid from Yonkers. These are things that we don't see, but these are things that just a kid from Yonkers is now you know, running a huge organization at Meta, right? So, and now he runs his own um, consulting program, right? So that catapulted him into, he never wanted to be an entrepreneur. He was a state trooper. He thought he was going to be a state trooper from the day he signed on and going to retire, get his pension. And now he runs a consulting pro, a security detail consulting program, mindset wellness program. I mean, that's the opportunities that, you know, our young Little minority kids have to realize that they have and that's available and that it's possible, right? So, you know, big things, man. What else do you do now, man? Anything outside of work? Um, I know you, I know you're into some nonprofits, uh, big DEI advocate. Talk to us a little bit more about that. Oh, DEI is kind of what I do. 
It's my passion. It's a lifeblood. I'm trying to make sure that when I step into a courtroom, people aren't telling me, oh, are you the criminal defendant from so-and-so? No, no, no. I'm actually the lawyer for the big company. Right. And I need the rest of the courtroom to look like that, too. The problem is people don't know the statistics, right? Our population, what? African-Americans make up, what, 13% of the population? You know we're only about 5% of lawyers? That doesn't make sense, right? That doesn't make sense. And, in, my, in my world, similar, very underrepresented from a professional standpoint and a home ownership standpoint. But that, that's my that's another episode for, for us. And, and and what you're doing is trying to change that narrative. And I'm trying to yeah. do the same thing. All day it long. gets even worse when you start thinking about intellectual property, intellectual property, the cop, you know, innovation of the mind, patents, copyrights, trademarks, the things that we come up with and share on social media. We don't own it. But the practitioners in that field, 1.8%. So it goes from 13 in the community, 5% in law to like less than 2%. Wow. And I can't really, you know, I can't stand for that. That's not an opportunity I like. And that, so I'm trying to change that. And so we started different initiatives, adapt.legal, websites live, teaches you how to really bring more women and underrepresented minorities into the patent profession, giving them a leg up, scholarships, opportunities, you know, mentorship so that they can craft a career that's successful so that one day they could take my role they can take our general counsel's role they can run their own companies all of those things are very important to me it's also important that i teach young young women and underrepresented minorities about the power of entrepreneurship if they so choose you don't realize how easy it can it can be to innovate you know and, and I always try to think about this because how many of us really know the true names of inventors in the black community? We may know George Washington Carver, right? You may think, oh, peanuts, cool. But that is, is that it, right? right. But so much research is being done about why the black community has not invented and created new ideas that has really catapulted us to success. Madam C.J. Walker created her own uh, cosmetics company. By all accounts, if you were extrapolate the amount of money she made, self-made billionaire. Right. We need to see more of those things in this day and age. You know, you know what this is? It's a patent. That's an invention. This, this is something I created. I'm not special. If I can come up with an invention to start my own company, you can too. And so can the little boys and girls in our community, as long as they see it. Right. I own barbershops. Shout out to Friendly Faces in the DMV. And in Atlanta, SMS Barber Loft on Howe Mill. These are things that I'm, you know, I'm a part of. I don't need my name out there, but they're building generational wealth. They're building things that I can leave to my children. And this is a kid who started from nothing, who was walking through, you know, pissy hallway steps right. in order to get into my little one-bedroom apartment I was sharing with three generations. We got to change that narrative. And so that's what, that's what keeps me going. That's what I'm passionate about. And that's what I'm constantly preaching about day in and day out. Man, powerful, man, powerful. I'm gonna make sure I put all these links on the YouTube channel too, so everybody can check them out for real, man. But um, this is powerful stuff, man. I, I I can't tell you how much I appreciate you, man. Three questions I always ask everybody, right, as we wrap up, and, and these are gonna be uh, three good questions for you. So the first one, next year I will be. Next year I will be a global diversity, equity, and inclusion advocate in the legal space. Nice. Sweet, sweet. In five years, I will be. 
in five years, I will be the general counsel of a large Fortune 50 company and running several nonprofits focused on bringing women and underrepresented minorities into the legal profession. All right. All right. See, it's already it's already there. Look, reality. Claiming it. Yep, you're already there, just waiting for reality to catch up. So it'll be there. It'll be there. And then the last question, big question, my impact to the world will be? That we will begin to see parity with the legal profession and other professional careers that look like our broader society. Wow. Deep, man. I, I already know the impact is going to really just sweep the world. I already know that. There's so many little minority kids. There's so many teenage minority kids. There's so many 20-somethings and 30-somethings, even 40-somethings, whatever, Listen, that's going to listen to this. They're going to be impacted by it, and they're going to be inspired by it, man. So, man, this is deep. I hope you all listening. This is Mike Benz, man. He is that guy. I mean, just bringing big dreams to life, uh, letting you know that no matter where you start from, you know, everything is possible. Everything is possible. Everything is possible. And, you know, like me and you, we're probably going to have to have an episode two, man, because I got so many questions for you, man. I got so many questions. I know other people want to hear so much more about just all the knowledge that you have. So we'll, we'll definitely have to hook that up. But you know, once again, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for being open and giving people so much insight and so much inspiration. And it just I'm sure you're going to empower a lot of people just from this episode. So I appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you having me, bro. It would, you know, your platform is one that's impactful. It's creating change, and I'm happy to be a part of that change. So thank you for the invite. And I'll be back. Say less. Yes, yes. And anytime you need me, man, you know I got you. I'm like I said, I'm gonna share the links on. We're we're such a I don't think people realize, right? First of all, our culture is the most captivating culture in the world, right? So when you talk about inventing creation. That's us. That's what we do. Right. That's just in our nature. We've been doing it since, you know, the days of the kingdoms in, in, in where we come from. Um, yep. We're the most captivating culture in the world. But we also I don't think we realize how small we are. Right. And as small as we are, that's why so much big change is necessary. Right. And so much big empowerment and motivation and just big action is necessary. That's just a thought that I, I agree. Have. We're 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 a small but mighty population. We small. influence so much change. Small. We are maybe thirteen percent of the population, but probably one in every two influential videos you watch. Right, right. If we can't monetize that, if we can't take that intellectual property and use it to our advantage, get that secret sauce, own it, and then share it with the world that we're missing out on greater opportunities. Now, we could talk all day about how to do that, but <laughs> we've got a lot of work to do. But that that 42 million, oh, we're coming. Yeah, we're coming. absolutely. Mike, appreciate you, man. Listen, man, Yo, I love you, bro. That's all. I, I can't. What can love I say? You too, love you, I love too. you, bro. And wait, you know, I got to get out to ATL. You come up, you know, whenever you come up top, you know, we'll link. Man, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. If you love the content, please like, subscribe, share. Please share this episode with everybody you know. Please share this with teachers, with principals, with educators, with people that are doing things for the youth in the hood everywhere. Please share this episode because everybody needs to see it. But in the meantime, y'all stay super blessed.